All right, here we go again. Welcome back to the AmeriCorps Connections podcast during um, the month of April, which is, um, I'm considering it Earth Month, even though I think we should have Earth Day every single moment of every single day because this is the planet that we live on. Um, so I'm so excited to be here with another AmeriCorps alumni who has a very interesting story of, of where they started to where they ended up and what they're doing now. So I'm really excited to have Angie Palama on on the podcast. I did try. I did practice several times. Um, Before we get started, uh, my name is Nikki Fiaco, and I am the founder of the AmeriCorps Connections podcast and all things that um, are connected to it. And um, I decided this month that I wanted to bring AmeriCorps members together who served in the environmental field and may still be um, in that field or doing something completely different, um, just so we can show the different paths of um, where AmeriCorps can take you. And I'm just really hoping that through these conversations, some of you are inspired to get more connected to the planet or do some work in the environmental field or plant a tree or plant flowers or um, set up a bee garden or something. Um, So um, again, through these conversations, I'm just really hoping to spark some interest. And again, as always, as AmeriCorps alumni, we are a hundred, we are a a million point two strong. So I'm also hoping through these conversations, you realize or find out that you're close to somebody who's being interviewed on this podcast and you start connecting with one another and we really start to make a ripple effect of um, the shared experience that we had through national service. So with no further ado, um, Angie, I would love if you could give us a reflection on when you, how you got into AmeriCorps, when you served and what your program looked like, and then we'll see where the road takes us from there. Sure. Thank you so much, Nikki. Um, very excited to be here. I served in the 2012 to 2013 um, Michigan Foreclosure Prevention Corps, which um, is a branch of the state and national. Um, our service term focused on preventing foreclosures. Uh, I, Especially at the time, 2008 and around the time I served, I'm sure nationwide, but especially Michigan, a lot of people were feeling the crunch of the financial crisis and a lot of folks across state were in jeopardy of losing their homes. Um, In Michigan, primarily, so much of the industry is focused around cars, car manufacture. It really ripples down to so many folks across the state um, that that was our primary industry. And I think with a lot of the downfall of manufacturing or just how, you know, how how finances change, right? After 2008, um, a lot of people found themselves struggling to pay their mortgages or realizing, you know, as we know, the banks were, were writing a lot of uh, mortgages that people couldn't pay. There are a lot of balloon mortgages, that kind of stuff. Um, There were, oh man, I don't even know how many, there were a lot of folks in the Michigan Prevention uh, Foreclosure Corps um, across the entire state from, you know, Detroit all the way up to the UP. So I I ended up getting very close with all the uh, term members across the state. Um, 
I'm not sure if all the state state corps function like this, but our director, our program director did a really good job of creating space for us to constantly be on webinars together, be in chats, um, meet up in various parts of the state so we could get to know each other and share the struggles of our term. Um, I know we talked about this on the pre-interview, but it ended up being a very stressful service year. I had a lot of people crying on the phone to me at my site, you know, days away from getting kicked out of their home, the homes they raised their children, their grandchildren, a lot of multi-generational families, immigrant families, families who, um, you know, English wasn't their first language and there was a big language barrier and the, the feeling of trying to explain, oh, you have already filed for bankruptcy and your payments have ballooned to thousands of dollars a month. It it was very heartbreaking. Um, I grew up in Michigan, so it was, you know, I my term, my site was actually in the city I grew up in, right? So a lot of these folks were not that I knew them, but you know, I could see my friends' parents, them, my family. Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was very personal. Um, but you know, overall, it was a struggle. You know, AmeriCorps is not for the faint of heart. It, um, and I, but I, th I think it was a great year. I feel like me and my team did a lot of really great work. You know, and there's so many programs, at least in the state of Michigan that, that exist to help folks stay in their home. And I don't think there's not enough word to get that's out that people know that there's a lot of resources. And I, I also did a lot of extra, <laughs> extracurriculars um, in my term where we, you know, we hosted be a money, money smarty day where we like helped people learn more financial, you know, literacy. Um, and to your point with it being Earth Month, uh, you know, I did participate in my national service days, um, planting trees, cleaning up my neighborhoods, that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think overall it was a it was a great time to serve. I was at a crossroads in my career, um, and you know, it was a really good pivot point for me. Yeah, so many things that you just said just to unpack, and it's so true that a service year can really, um, it can really open up your eyes. Um, you know, I think you had mentioned you had just come out of college, so this was a lot of hands-on experience. Um, and you know, while university experiences and college experiences are moving into the tangible, like getting out there into the community and doing community engagement, AmeriCorps really just kind of throws you in. It's like that, that lake behind us. It was like, we were all just kind of Absolutely. thrown in and, and it's like swim. Um, but I also think something that you had mentioned that like, you could see your neighbors, you could see your family and these folks. And I think that a service year can really do that where, um, you can link to the humanity of other people, whether you're working in an environmental program or in a social services program, which you are. And I mean, to double back about it being about Earth Month, people are like, well, keeping people at homes. Well, yeah, you know, when people are out of their homes, they're pulling on resources from the state that has a, a backlash effect with what is actually going on with in our environment. Um, but also, I just think, when, so after your service year, what was it kind of like, was there like an aha sort of moment where you're like, okay, um, I'm going to take this experience and 
I'm going to intentionally go to my next opportunity when you finish. And before you answer that question, I just wanted to say that um, for those folks that don't know how to talk with your hand, if you're not from Michigan, if you could show us, <laughs> where is the UP? It's like up here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hands backwards. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know if this is backwards. So this is Michigan. This yeah. is the lower peninsula. I'm from Greater Rapids here. Detroit's here. UP's up here. So, yep. so um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a big state. It, yeah. And tra- tra- traversing. Yeah. And I was going to say, and good on your program um, director and manager to bring you all together, because that's really super important. When I was serving at Volunteer Maryland, we were brought together for service projects. And sometimes, just like you said, I I remember we had a a picnic um, on the Chesapeake Bay and, you know, we kind of did service project, but it was really like an exhale for us all to, you know, reflect on what we were doing with our programs and, and figure Mm -hmm. out where we're going next. So what was your next opportunity after, um, after the foreclosure core Mm -hmm. and, and what did you, and did you intentionally, because I, I've just now started being intentional with my Mm -hmm. career because it kind of was like, go over here, go over there. Yeah, of course. So I, um, for the folks listening at home, I actually have two bachelor's degrees, one in film production and one in creative writing. I had entered college in Michigan, always with the intention of moving out of state. I work in the television and film industry now. That has been a goal of mine since I was in middle school. So that was always the intention. Um, But I also come from a very strong service background, a service community. I went to school and high school in Grand Rapids where my term site was um, and my school had a pretty strong service uh, service background. We had to do service hours. Um, I did probably over a hundred service hours in high school at the site that ended up being my AmeriCorps site, which was just mm-hmm. like a really great like kismet situation. Um, so after I graduated, Uh, Grand Valley State University with my film background. I did a lot of internships while there, did a lot of production assisting on set. I also worked. Um, I was one of those folks. Um, I, at the time I graduated, which was 2010, uh, the Michigan film industry was pretty new. I did a lot of work on movies and TV, a lot of PAing. I also had multiple jobs. Um, But around the time... I decided to make a change to do AmeriCorps. Um, We had just gotten a new governor and the governor did not feel like uh, film incentives in the film industry was good for the state, which was a mistake. Um, But I had, because I always had a relationship with service and putting time in my community, I had always had a heart for service and wanting to do Peace Corps. Um, because I don't have a social work background and, you know, I knew that applying to the Peace Corps would, I would not look like a great candidate because I have a film degree. Um, I, I actually, at the time, uh, right before I had applied to AmeriCorps, I was working at Michigan State University's College of Human Medicine in Grand Rapids, and I became friends with a lot of the med students while I was there. One of the med students, uh, Prior to starting med school, she had done AmeriCorps in California in Los Angeles, which is where I live now. Um, And she had she and I had kind of talked about it. I was like, that's actually really great. That feels 
much more in line to being a good stepping stone for my life goals because I knew I wanted to move to Los Angeles. I knew I wanted to work in movies, but I still wanted to take some time for service, but I, I didn't want to commit to two years abroad. Like I, I, I love Michigan. I wanted to invest in my home. So it, it really ended up being such a great, you know, turning point. Cause I, cause I knew I couldn't stay in Michigan and keep working on films and I needed to save some money <laughs> to move out to LA. So it, it was really great. When I started looking around, I, I realized that, you know, my, my term site, which I had already, um, volunteered over the years at, um, they had an opening. I actually had already been volunteering at my site when um, one of the folks who who helped um, manage me, uh, she said, hey, I know you want to do AmeriCorps. We're actually having an opening. I would totally recommend you. And it, it's just, it's so interesting how these things work or how, I don't know, fate or whatever you want to call it yep. because I was not the first choice after I interviewed at my site, right? Because I don't have a social service background. Mm. So many of the folks that I see, I'm sure you see typically who get accepted in AmeriCorps have like, you know, social working or that kind of stuff, right? And mm-hmm. at that point, my my educational background did not, on paper, I did not look like someone who yeah. could Um but and I, that's like that, that right there is just yeah. such another example of how national service can be for everybody. Yeah. Like everybody can find their place, even if it doesn't look like somebody who's go somebody who's going to be working in social services or the social services industry mm-hmm. might not be trained, but that's what AmeriCorps does. Cause they don't just throw you in and say, go do the thing. You get trained to do the thing and then you get the experience. And so folks that are listening that are maybe interested in a service here, but don't even know how to start just apply, you know, yeah. and, and just see what happens, apply for a couple a couple programs, you know, and, and see where you end up. Um, I know this is heavy recruitment se- season for a lot, most AmeriCorps programs across the country. So I will definitely drop in some links. Um, if people are so inspired by <laughs> Angie's words and they're like, I can do this. So yeah. I totally interrupted, but you, so you no, you're good. got to into the site. Point, I just wanted to say that, like, I think your soft skills are m- way more valuable than your hard skills. Uh, you can always be trained how to answer a phone call and, and, you know, you have to get trained in your certifications. I obviously didn't know anything about foreclosures or homeownership that you can be trained on. But I think the ability for me at that point, I had, you know, all through high school and college, I worked in a restaurant. So I had Mm. interpersonal skills, right? Oh, yeah. So, so, so that I came in with those kind of skills, those people skills, or working on a film set where you need to have collaboration. You're working 12 hour days with people. You need to be able to focus on teamwork and prioritize the overall goal. Um, so I, so I did come in, I had those skills, the, the person they had offered the, the, um, position to had ended up turning it down. So it went to me and, and I, I wanted to point that out because especially for the, for the young listeners, you know, it's okay. If you're not first pick, sometimes you're meant to be in a place like, don't let that kind of stuff discourage you. Cause 
you know, my, I, I loved my service here. It was incredibly challenging, but I am so thankful for it. Um, and, you know, I, I think to your point, yeah, you learn a lot. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't, I wouldn't say my skills in understanding the foreclosure process helped my film career in any way, right. but you know, it, it was a hard year and it learning, you know, how to, I think work-life balance or processing our emotions mm -hmm. or understanding, like, I need to make the money on my snap card work for me this month. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Budgeting. Yes. It's, those are the real skills you're learning. Yeah. Um, and so when we chatted before, um, we, we planned the, the video, the recording, um, and I said this before we started, I told you I was going to say it. I, I, you wouldn't think that somebody would say AmeriCorps was boot camp for the film industry or the entertainment industry. Um, but you heard it here for the first time on the AmeriCorps connections from Angie. Um, so let's go from your journey from AmeriCorps to how you got to what you're doing now. So you yeah. obviously moved out in LA because you are in LA. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was so excited. Angie actually reached out. I think we connected on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that you worked for the company that you're working for, which I'll let you spill the beans. I was like, wait, I've got to know like this journey mm -hmm. on how you got from serving in AmeriCorps in Michigan, mind you out to LA to what you're doing now. So let's take that journey. Sure, of course. So as I said, I did study film in college. So that was always the goal. Um, and I've also said that I had a really great program director who really took the time to understand all of us, all the skill sets we were bringing to the overall foreclosure core. Um, so <laughs> she, she kind of pushed my my site to her credit to say, hey, Angie has video skills. How can you use that? So actually, while during my service term, I I shot a lot of stuff. Like we had, you know, budgeting classes, like get out of debt classes at my site. I filmed those classes um, and like made we made little videos. And then um my site, my actual site like director, my manager, she when my service term was ending, she recommended me to shoot a video for another nonprofit in Grand Rapids. So um, that ended up being great because they paid me. <laughs> and I used that to help move me to LA because um, I knew that was my next step. Um, mm -hmm. I, once my term got done, I knew about, you know, probably about three months to the end of my service term. I knew like for sure this is happening. I ended up moving maybe six months after my term ended because I had to get stuff together and lined up. But yeah, so I moved out to Los Angeles to pursue film and television, started working. I got, you know, really lucky timing worked out. I, because I already had a lot of experience working on movies in Michigan and just like a general professional background. I, I done video stuff in sports and you know, a, you know, a year at a nonprofit, they just looks mm -hmm. responsible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lack of a better way to describe it. Right. I mean, I, I will say, you know, a lot of people have never heard of AmeriCorps or that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to open doors for you, depending on what it is, but having a year at a company at, at a nonprofit still looked really good. So I was able to, um, I got into a production company 
um, worked my way around Hollywood, I guess. I've worked at Disney. I worked at NBC Universal. Um, I work at Netflix now. I also freelance. I'm a writer director. Um, so I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the place, but I know we talked about this. Uh, it's not glamorous. Movies and TV <laughs> are not glamorous. Um, you are working 12, 16 hour days. Uh, you driving in Los Angeles is a mess. Um, Part of your 12 to 16 hour day. <laughs> that's above that. When you're on oh, set, you're there for, you know, you could, your call time could be 7 a.m. and you're going home at like 10 p.m. sometimes. Wow. So, but all that to say is work-life balance is a hard thing to work on, right? Um, but <laughs> that is definitely something I also had to work on on while I was in AmeriCorps. When I served, mm -hmm. you know, I was working 40 hours a week at my site. I also had a 20 hour a week job on top of that. Um, you know, and I was couch surfing for, for sure. For the first like few months, I, uh, didn't have an address at the time. I was couch surfing on people people's couches, staying with different family members until I got settled. So it was such a time of upheaval for me. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I, all that to say is like th the chaos of that time of my life definitely helped me, I think, jump in with both feet when I moved to LA and mm -hmm. uh, get jobs and networking is huge. And my mm -hmm. work ended up speaking for itself. I, I have gotten pretty lucky. I mean, I, I worked through the pandemic and all that good stuff here at Netflix and, you know, I'm still we were, we were watching a lot of Netflix. So yeah. I, I think I even upgraded my subscription to get more <laughs> bandwidth or something. And I was like, okay, we need more, more of this. I wanted to just point out also how during a service year, um, while we are recruited to do a specific role in a community, you know, yours was helping people with foreclosure and working and navigating through that system. If we're at a good site, right, and we are with good people that are able to allow us to, you know, kind of check out our, like, try out our skills, how wonderful was it for you to not only spend a service year of learning new skills and getting to know people and serving, but also getting connected to create a portfolio that could take you to the, and that probably wasn't even on your mind. You didn't take the AmeriCorps job because you're like, well, I'm going to spend this year putting together a portfolio. You were like, no, I'm going to serve at AmeriCorps and see where it goes from there. So uh, yet again, I mean, you're just blowing us our mind with, with all these perfect little nuggets. A service year can really give you an opportunity if you keep your mind open of, oh, how can I bring in the skills of what I actually think I want to do with my life and and kind of try it out here during my service year. Mm -hmm. So with your work at, um, at Netflix, um, when are we releasing the AmeriCorps series? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 what is some work that we could, uh, maybe, maybe relate to, um, for us, Netflix or Netflixers, Netflixers. I won't even try to do that word. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that you, you work on that we would be like, oh, she's an AmeriCorps alum. I know who produced that. Um, I not, nothing. I work on. Who? It's hard to describe what I work on here in Netflix. Um, basically, it's stuff that you don't see. Don't um, see. But um, 
I did just release a web series that I directed and that's on YouTube that can be watched um pretty Yay. easily but um yeah like ooh, n the Netflix stuff is hard to quantify because I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes um I did spend like three years at E and worked the red carpets for all the award shows and that kind of did, so that that was that was probably an easier thing to point people out to, but I did not work the the award shows this year. Um, when I was at ABC, I worked on a lot of the big budget, um, like the promotional trailers and stuff to promote the shows. So mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting that you talked earlier about being intentional about your career because I think you know I come from a very blue collar family you know, back in Michigan, true, you know, Midwestern people. Um, so I didn't have, you know, I didn't move out to LA with my parents paying for my apartment. Like that right. thing, like the money, like I had to work a second job when I was in AmeriCorps to pay my bills. Um, and, you know, I think the scrappiness of that has not ever left me. Um mm -hmm. You know, in a lot of cases, I did have to like move from job to job in LA to because those were what pay my rent. And LA is much more expensive than Michigan. Um, but I think it's still always, you know, obviously at the end of the day, I have to take a job. Like I can't pick and choose. But I think taking the time to know what my values are and like what kind of projects I want to work in, which I do think applying for AmeriCorps and sitting down going, okay, yeah, I do care about my community. I want to take this time. I mean, I don't think anyone joins AmeriCorps thinking they're going to get rich, right? Like you're getting no. paid like $3 an hour or something. <laughs> it's a little bit more now. We are, the <laughs> current administration and and the, the network is is working on getting it to 15 an hour. So that at least it's wow. getting back up to minimum wage. There are some, there are some, um, uh, barriers with that because there is a cost share with the program. So, um, you know, we're in this, this moment in the network, in the AmeriCorps network of making a, a service year attainable and accessible for more people, because it really, it's just, it, it, it's so transformative, but it's so limited because of just what you said, you yes. know, what you're making. I mean, I, you know, I, I had another income coming into my house. So, you know, it was actually the perfect magic number to not move us into a different tax bracket. Um, but the majority of people who could benefit from an AmeriCorps experience just doesn't have that, that experience. So, um, you know, that is a, a true barrier to national service, which everybody in the industry is working on um, eliminating. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's one of the biggest things. Luckily, at the time that I joined AmeriCorps, I was our, I was still making very little money. So, right. So, I mean, I, I still had to have that second job. But, right. um, you know, yeah, it's very similar to, I think, to the entertainment industry where I'll, you see a lot of people who are flourishing because they have family, you know, they have generational mm. supporting them. And then you have people like me who just had to kind of like make it work and luckily I had already come out off a year of essential poverty so I already knew how to like you know eat a lot of ramen and mac and cheese and you know and and take that time to get my momentum you know obviously now you know for the past 
okay, I've been out here since 2014. So the first couple years, for sure, it was like being on a strict budget, which I learned and maintained when I was in AmeriCorps and that really helped, right? I had lower, I don't know, I didn't have a big lifestyle creep or anything like that. And now Mm -hmm. I'm more established in my career and that's not a stress point for me. So, so, so it definitely gave me, set me up with the skill set of my, I already knew how to make things work. Right. Like I said earlier with the scrappiness, like, you know, I would, the great thing about the film industry is if you're on set, you have, you know, you have craft services, you have catered meals or, Mm. or when I wasn't doing jobs that were set related and I was working at like E at NBC universal, you know, there were like, there's executives, there's people who don't know anything about, you know, actually making stuff, but they're like the finance team, right? They're the executives. Mm -hmm. They would have like big, you know, like meetings and they would get like catered sandwiches. And I'd definitely be like, let me put these in my lunch bag and take them home. Yeah. Kind of stuff you that and I had obviously been doing that in AmeriCorps. Anytime my team, you know, statewide, we would meet up at in Lansing, right? At the state capitol, and we do the full, like it was all the teams in Michigan. It was mm-hmm. all the members in the state. Um, there was always catering, and I would always take a bunch of food back to Grand Rapids with me. Mm -hmm. Learn how to make things work for you. And I think that attitude and that resourcefulness helped me segue really well into the entertainment industry because you're working long hours when you're low on the, you know, low end of of a crew where your production assistant, you are also making like $14 an hour. So, so you, uh, you know, you eat the snacks in the kitchen at work. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I think your story is, is so, so fun to bring to light and and to highlight where, you know, you just don't know what national service, where it's going to take you and how it's going to support your career, what you're going to learn out of it. And the majority of the interviews and conversations that I'm having is that like some people intentionally went into AmeriCorps, like you were looking for an opportunity. I had no idea I was going into AmeriCorps. I thought I was applying for a job. I didn't know why I was doing this training with all these other people. Um, But obviously it has served me well and I can, I can all of it, you know, check all the boxes of of how it's served my career. But I think your story and where you are now is just a really cool example of um, you knew what you wanted to do. Uh, You know, you also wanted to serve in AmeriCorps and you made it, you made it work. So as we are thinking about, we're about a million point two strong of alumni. Um, so that's a lot of us across the country and and coming up here soon. I have an interview with an AmeriCorps alumni who's actually in Germany. So we're everywhere. We are, you know, we served in the United States or in the territories, which by the way, folks, if you're thinking about a service year, you can serve in Hawaii, you can serve in Puerto Rico, you can serve in Guam. Um, so check out those opportunities as well. Um, what What do you think? What could we do as a as a as a huge alumni base? Like if if the sky's the limit, like what I don't know, what would you think that like we could collectively come together and be a voice for something or an example of something? Um, 
you know, I don't know what, what, what do you, what could you pull together with that? I mean, it's, it's a tough call because we're so spread out and we're not a monolith, right? Like we all have different values, even though we, you know, we love service. Um, oh no, did I, I lose I, Oh, there you go. You paused for a second. You said, even though we're not a monolith, we have different values. And then you paused very beautifully though, by the way. Oh, thank (laughs) you. No, I would say, I I think, and we've, we talked about this previously. I, I really think the thing we need to focus on is creating a space for alumni to come together, Mm. even before we're all physically together. Like right now, you know, I think when I first got out of my term, uh, it, there were websites with subgroups, but, and when I moved to LA, I looked for the Los Angeles alumni group thinking, oh, you know, I need to put down roots. I need to make friends. How, how can I make friends? Oh, let me see if there's AmeriCorps alum around here. But as you know, those websites are largely inactive. And I mm-hmm. think we really need to focus on, especially in t- 2023, creating a stronger like internet presence for us you know whether it's like I would probably get away from Facebook groups because a lot of people are straying away from Facebook but just something where there can be you know an overarching alumni network and then groups right you can find your Mm -hmm. city group and then have you know build build in I don't know if it's discord or something like that like where where you have your state you can find folks from your alum, from your service. You can find mentors. I think there's a lot of us who would be happy to mentor. I actually accidentally fell into mentorship after I moved to LA. Um, when I was working at EE, um, the NBC Universal is really good about giving back to the community. And there were a lot of city year folks who got brought onto the lot one, mm. like a luncheon to learn about other, you know, what working in the industry is like. Um, and I, you know, I went and like just volunteered some time to answer questions. And I met, I, there was a girl there who, who was serving in city year and she ended up being from Michigan. And then we just like exchanged numbers. Like, she, was, like, yeah. nine, she was like 19 at the time. And we just like kept, chatting and like uh, you know she would reach out to me during the hardships of her year or things that challenged her and stuff and you know she's you know she's now married and like living her life so it's just I think I think Mm. building that network is probably what we need to focus on because Mm -hmm. you know after your service term ends what's next for you I Mm -hmm. am very lucky because I'm ambitious. I knew I was going to move to LA and I was going to pursue my career. However, so a lot of people do AmeriCorps because they feel lost. They feel like they're at a crossroads and they might not necessarily know what they want to do next. And Mm -hmm. being able to tap into, oh, I'm in DC. Let me tap into the DC network and there's alum here and there's, you know, there could be alum who who are hiring, right? Mm -hmm. And we always want to, you know, hire other folks. Cause we know if they can handle AmeriCorps, they can probably handle anything. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think that would be so great. Right. Like I would love to connect with other members. I'm still in touch with a lot of people from my term um, and my, and my former director. And, you know, I, we're mm-hmm. like you said, we're like 1.2 million strong. I, yeah. Some people, some people I'm sure have moved on, but I think there's, probably a good amount of us that 
would love to stay in touch. Well, from the responses that I received in LinkedIn back in November of 2022, um, where I was just like, would anybody be interested in like jumping on a podcast and talking about their experience? And I received like 115 like responses back that was like, this is a big hell yes. And I was like, okay, well, I guess this needs to happen then. Um, And that was part of, I've been wanting to connect with AmeriCorps members in this way uh, and AmeriCorps alum in this way for, well, when when I was back at Volunteer Maryland in 2017, this, you know, I was listening to podcasts before it was easy to live to listen to podcasts. Like you download them. They took up a bunch of space. There was like Apple podcast didn't really work that well. And, you know, and so um, I just knew that this was a space that I really wanted to be in um, for my own personal wanting to get to know other people and learn about the service year. But there is definitely um, a ringing of um, of just about every interview that I have that people really want to connect with AmeriCorps alumni in their area. Um, and also to your point about like, look to the network when you have opportunities for employment or professional development or training or, or service project, right? Like, um, I interviewed back in, I think March, um, Brittany, and I don't remember her last name, but she works for the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation nationwide. And, you know, they have, fundraisers and projects all over the country. And for her to be able to tap into our alumni group to support, you know, we might not all have a calling to support multiple sclerosis, but heck, if she needed something done here in Maryland, I would certainly support the project because she did AmeriCorps. So therefore she is my kin, you know, like forever yeah. and ever. <laughs> so I, I, I love what you're saying. And I'm, I'm hoping that through these virtual conversations that we can start to have um, some pop-ups um, in, in regional areas. And, and I would love to kick off a mentor program. Um, that would be something that would be super cool. And now that we can use virtual options if we need to, like you could mentor somebody in Michigan, you know what I mean? Just so to have that connection um, of somebody who feels like heard and seen because, you know, I can imagine like for them to connect with somebody in a different area might not feel the same. So mm-hmm. I love what you're saying. Um, and then my, my, my last question is, um, you know, Sorry, my cat is sitting right next to me and she just sneezed and scared me. You can't see her because I have a virtual background on, but um, like, where do you see yourself? Um, What are your, you know, you had mentioned that you're ambitious and what are things that you want to accomplish and, and, and where, where do you think we could see you in the next couple of years? Oh man. Um, I, I, for me personally, of course, like I hope, that I have some features I've written and directed that you can see in the movie theater. And that may be four years off at least. Um, I, I feel like coming out of the pandemic, not that it's over, but now that we're kind of back to business, um, you know, things can things kind of took a pause for a couple of years, but but I'm hoping to gain more momentum of my creative side. You know, I love my no, I love working at Netflix, but you know, I'm a freelancer. So I, I might not be at Netflix next time we chat. Um, you move around a lot, you move to mm-hmm. other projects, but ultimately for sure, I, I would love to release some of my own material, um, 
and we'll be at your premiere. Oh, we'll have I a big, love that. We'll have a big like AmeriCorps. We'll have the previous logo and the new logo, and we'll be like, we are supporters. Yes, I love that. Yeah, for Sundance sure. Sundance all the way. Yes, absolutely. Definitely focusing on that. Um, and then I think just traveling more. You know, I think something that I'm sure a lot of alum and active service members have is just like a thirst for seeing the world and seeing other cultures and like being I don't know invested in the world around you right like you don't it's a big commitment and I and I want to travel more and I want to see more things and not just like the beautiful stuff there's all there's things out there that I we should all see and know what's going on so traveling telling more stories making more things um I don't know. I'd like to get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you didn't get one during the pandemic along with so many other people? <laughs> uh, no, I have a very um, needy cat who, mm. who came to us pre-pandemic and I don't think he would like to share the spotlight. Just yet. Just yet. Not just yet. yet. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Well, is there anything else that you would like us to share or know mm. that we, we have to know before we we close out um no I don't know I let let your listeners know they're always welcome to reach out to me um I know you and I've talked I would love to be a part of us building this network for alumni they exist um I also know a lot of other people who might want to be interviewed so yeah send them my way I'm very I'm very I'm still very much in touch with my service cohorts um no I just know that the challenges that come with a service here are very valid. It's very stressful. It's very emotional. You're being asked to take on the emotional labor of people you might not ever meet. Um, And you have to do it while um, making minimum wage and balancing your life and doing additional service projects and keeping the peace at your site because not every site is actually um, cares about developing their service member. Some of them just want the extra labor. Um, that's all valid and know that the, ch- the challenge, if you can rise to, if you can get through your service term, you can pretty much get through anything. I stand by that. There were times where I took a nap in my car during my lunch break because I was so exhausted from working multiple jobs and making it work. And you know, now I'm, you know, 14 year old me would be really proud to hear that I'm like making it in Hollywood. So, you know, yes, I love that. (laughs) Just, just, um, I don't know, like take, take the year as a learning experience and know, and I also, here's my advice, tell your friends and your family what you're doing Mm -hmm. And that you're not making any money. I was so <laughs> incredibly blessed to that when I started my term, I told my friends, hey, I'm getting paid like $4 an hour. I'm not going to be able to go out. I'm not going to be able to see movies. You know, we we can't go out, you know, and get dinner. Um, and I had really great friends who would invite me out and they'd pay for my beer, you know, or we would you know, hang out at find something else to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you set those expectations with your support network, 
they're going to support you in the way you need them to. So I think that's mm -hmm. a big thing too. communicate with those around you that your lifestyle might be changing for the next year so that you can do this. That was so great. Thank you so much, Angie. And I love my 14 year old me would love to know that I made it out here in Hollywood. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for, for tuning in and listening. And um, like I always say, as soon as I can wrangle another AmeriCorps alum to get on here and have a conversation with me, you'll have another uh, podcast posted. So in the meantime, enjoy. And since it is environmental month, get outside, um, do something to give back to your community or, um, um, to our planet. So thanks so much and see you soon. Thanks, Angie. Bye.